internet brand strategist Sandra Beck interviews top business coaches, speakers, authors, and thought leaders to bring you the best business tips, tricks, and techniques to give your idea the best possible chance for success. From writing your first novel, to telecommuting from home, to taking your small business to infinity and beyond. Now here's your host, Sandra Beck. everybody. This is Sandra Beck and I've got a terrific show today. We are meeting with Dr. Philip Montrose and he has written a bunch of books. He's got lots of great things out. The Loving Power of Your Soul has recently been released. We're going to talk about spirit. We're going to talk about soul. We're going to talk about a holistic model of intelligence today. We've got so much ground to cover and I guarantee you, you're not going to want to miss this. And if you're listening along while you're on your computer, or maybe you want to check things out on your phone, you can go to getting through that's spelled T H R U.org and check out what's on this site because it's got links to some other free resources, different coaching. It talks about EFT, there's spiritual living, counseling, and healing home. There's so many things. There's articles, there's ministry training, educational programs, and private sessions. And before we continue, I want to let you know that there has been no monetary exchange for today's show. I came across Philip and the work that he and his wife Jane do as energy healers and authors of numerous books through a neighbor of mine of all things. And I'm so thrilled that you could come on the show today and share with us your wisdom and get people excited about the same things that I'm excited about. Dr. Montrose, welcome to today's show. Great, great being with you. Thanks for having me on, Sandra. You know, what we're talking about today is such a big deal because, you know, as we're going through this big shift and everybody can feel it, whether it's, you know, attributed to a shift in the universe or if it's attributed to everything that we've gone through with COVID, I think they're both interrelated. But one of the things that I found is people are more open now than ever to mm-hmm. consider maybe some other possibilities of what's going on rather than mainstream religion. And for somebody like me and you who've been in this game a long time, 20 years, it's it's nice to be able to breathe a sigh of relief that conversations like this can not only happen all over the internet, but they can happen at dinner parties. They can happen at the gym. They can happen at the grocery store where I don't know about you, but for many years, it was one of those conversations you had with only a few people. Only if you wanted to not be taken seriously, you can't say these things because an MBA and spirituality generally don't mix. Right. It's like I used to say, talking in parables. We don't have to be talking parables anymore. We can just talk directly about what we really want to say. Absolutely. And you have you have made a living. You've made a career out of this. You've written many books. I've read one of them. It was very, very good. And I thought it was approachable and clear. Um, where a lot of the books in our genre lately have been this just brain dump stream of consciousness with no organization. I mean, you've seen them. There are people channeling their books, which to me is an excuse for, I don't need to use a comma, (laughs) punctuation, (laughs) or even have any point. I will just get to it when I get to it. And if you don't understand it, it's your fault because this is the way spirit sent it. And 
you know, when I looked at your books, I, I outlined things. I highlighted things. I put tabs on there. And I thought it was one of the first books that I'd read in a long time that really displayed things clearly for our human intelligence. And Right. Yeah, I'd like you to talk a little bit about that because these books did not fly out overnight. I could tell there's a lot of work in them. Right. Our newest book, The Loving Power of Your Soul, was actually quite a big endeavor. It, it took probably over a year. It encapsulates about three decades of our, our work, my wife and I. That's why I'm saying we. It's it's not sure. a, it's not a, 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 a generic term. So it did take a lot of time. Uh, and for creativity, the easy part sometimes is the inspiration once you get it like this is wonderful creative idea let's get it out there and you can just kind of throw it out on the wall and get a loose thing and that can be useful and good to get a refined work of writing uh, especially like a spiritual metaphysical how-to book like our book it takes a lot of time and energy. There's sort of a saying that in order to read things where it's very easy to read and follow, it takes a tremendous amount of effort and refinement to get to that beautiful, simple place. Uh, you know, at first it can be somewhat close to it. Like when we started maybe the first draft a year ago over it, what that would look like compared to the final thing. Yes, a lot of the ideas would be the same, but it would be so different. And it would be the first one you'd have to wade through in a lot of uh, digression. So, so it does take time and energy, and that's part of our mission, Sandra, of what we call bringing heaven down to earth. In other words, being very grounded and practical. And years ago, decades ago, when we were doing this work really out in the woods, <laughs> our, one of our early books, Getting Through to Your Soul, the subtitle was The Four Keys to Living Your Divine Purpose. And that idea of purpose now is pretty, you know, pretty mainstream. Sure. 20 years ago it was like, what are we talking about? I mean, what, what's that now? I mean, it would be like a completely, you know, it would be like a social media before social media had really even begun. So anyways, it was part of our mission. And we felt just to make things very practical and doable. Jane is a great, she was an architect, very structural. You know, she's a very actually intuitive right brain person, but on her math SAT, she got 800, you know, so she is very, able to structure things and extremely pragmatic. Uh, so yes, it's very important to be intentional and conscious. And that's part of the consciousness and part of your development, which I mm -hmm. think you were alluding to. Yeah, it's, it's at first, it's very easy to just sort of jump in there and kind of put your toe on the wall and just not be responsible and kind of play around. And that's good. But as you evolve, you may have heard the, the, the term, the path narrows. Yes. And what that means is as you become more intentional and deliberate and really want to go for it more, uh, you, you want to, to be on track. You don't want to just throw things out there and say, maybe this, maybe that, like, this is what I want to do. I want to do it right. I want to do it really well. This is what I'm called to do. And at first you're called, but when you start, many people are calling, but not following. There's sort of a phrase to that or they're periodically listening <laughs> right? or partly listening. After a while it became, this is what I'm here to do. And the rest of it is sort of a deviation. It's not real rigid and set and it's complete. It's always renewing and renovating. 
um, but it's intentional and deliberate. And, and I'm glad you brought uh, well, and you're attention credible. to this subject. Yeah, incredible. You know, you're credible. I mean, in an era of mm. self-publishing today, you know, I get probably 100 books a week. I kid you not for my four really? radio shows. Really? Oh, people want me to review this. I mean, you can look behind me. I all can of these, Yeah, stacks of books. I bet, yeah, I, 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 can, I can imagine now, right? Uh-huh, go ahead. Yeah, and so I, you know, I read these books and I, I, I think that we are in a point like and this is why i was so impressed by your work and why i recommend it to my listeners to go out and and check this out is because your work is credible your work is well researched it's well supported and it's the care and the articulation in what you're demonstrating in your book is is head and shoulders above the other submissions that I get. Not to say that the other submissions are not good, but you're in the business of communicating with me, the person who bought your book, so I can learn and understand, you know, a fraction of what you know. And I would imagine after writing so many books and creating so many different programs and things, how did you decide what to put in this book, your, your latest book? I mean, that has to be tough. Right. And I just want to preface this. The book that you read, our previous book a couple of years ago, The Ultimate Paradigm Shift, is mm -hmm. almost a follow-up to this new book, which is really the essence encapsulation of probably 25 years of work, The Loving Power of Your Soul. So we ended up dividing it into three sections. And I think that's a good explanation of this book. The first one we call preparation. The second part is activation. And the third is integration. Um, and, and as you're kind of following your heart and soul and putting it in a grounded, structured way, uh, then uh, a format, how is it understandable? And just going back and rereading it myself, like, oh, yeah, we, we review this. Oh, you can go here. Here's the steps referred to this part. So it's continually indexed and yet easy to read and enjoyable to read, not just like a, a heavy textbook. So the three sections in brief. The preparation, and this is all about connecting with your soul. Why is this so important? Well, your soul is what kind of brought you here the way we understand it. It's what you're here to do. And yet you have to awaken to your soul to get that more consciously. Yes, it's directing sort of in the background like an app. But if you can do it more consciously, you're going to get more out of it and accelerate your growth and get more from being here on earth, namely living, learning, loving, growing uh, to optimize that. So that's connecting with your soul. You, so you now can... I want to just stop you for a second. Yes, here because, go ahead. You know, this is where in many interviews, people throw words around that when I first started doing this 16 years ago, I would get confused. <laughs> that's amazing. 16 years of doing it, it's, by the way. A long Congrat, time. Congrats. Congrats. Thank you. So the biggest question that I have for you, and because I've wanted a really good definition this because people use things interchangeable. They talk about spirit. Right. They talk about soul. They talk about your essence, you know, right. who you are, you know, your Jesus factor, your heart, <laughs> you know, all of this, all of these words, you know, and, and, you know, we only have languaging on this radio show to communicate. So can you please define for me and our listeners today the difference between spirit and soul, because people use them interchangeably? Right. And I, I think we, we need to sort of put a, a qualifier, a caveat on all this, that there's a lot of 
we're talking about things which transcend a lot of concrete physical material reality. So there is a lot of looseness and flexibility and, and a lot of it's very context dependent. So the way I'm going to describe it may be different than the next person and they're both quite valid. I just don't want to. Right, but for to, the purposes of our discussion Yeah, for today, the purposes of our discussion, yeah, let's just say. So when we say soul, it's the part of you which is transcendent of this life. It's a part of you which is eternal that carries through from life to lifetime. And it informs you. It, it's, it's like you're on a mission. Who are you? Your soul has taken you into this body. Mm -hmm. Remember the idea you are a spiritual being having a human experience. Yeah. You know, we've heard that many sure. times. And that's what it is. So you are an arm, a branch of your soul, a manifestation of it set out to learn certain things, experience certain things in this lifetime. The spirit is the energy of God or oneness pervading all of the world coming through you and coming through everything. So would spirit be considered like the rope that ties all the souls together? The, the spirit, I would say, is the universal life force that's generating from God that oneness. Mm-hmm. So then what is the mind, you know, with respect to that? And then that chatter, you know, I, I did a couple shows about, the, you know, the monkey mind, the monkey chatter, that that's the one that looks in your, okay. your mirror with you and says, you know, you don't look good in that. Don't wear that outfit. <laughs> right. That's not our soul. That's not our spirit. It's also not our mind. Okay, that's a good question, because this will go back to the new book, The Loving Power of Your Soul, which talks about this sort of in depth. Okay, so. A way to understand this, when we were in the Gurdjieff Espensic School, Jane and I, where we met several decades ago, a spiritual organization, one of the things they said that really kind of stuck me in aha, it's a little kind of uh, wonderstruck, and it may hit you and listeners about what I'm about to say, and the, and the concept was functions are not consciousness. Okay. What does that mean, functions? And I, when, I, when I first, I said, what? That sounds important. What? Okay, so let me translate it into something that we can understand right now and go forward and use it. So your mind is really composed of different minds. We break it into different intelligences, people, phys physical intelligence, your body intelligence, your emotional intelligence, uh, awareness of emotions, mental, your, and that's often considered the mind, mental intelligence, uh, and spiritual intelligence, just how you how spirituality plays out in your life and so those four intelligences, which can be further subdivided, those basic four intelligences, Sandra, is your mind. Those are your functions. Your soul, with your spirit pervading through it, uses, if you are awake and awakened to it, which is the whole point of the loving power of your soul, if you awaken to it, can use those functions more deliberately and, 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 and grow them. And some of it will just grow by chronologically growing up, you know, as our mind develops in certain, but at a certain point that stops unless you are intentional okay. and soulful and deliberative with it. Yeah. And I love that because consciousness is not our functions, right? Our functions are not consciousness. So that raises me to the next question is what is consciousness? Well, consciousness is is a probably goes back to the idea of the the universal mind, oneness, spirit. So that's what your soul is connecting you with, the oneness of who you are and everyone is. Mm -hmm. We're all coming from and 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 it seems to me, and it's it, this gets rather abstract, uh, is that 
God, universe, oneness, Tao, you know, the many, mm -hmm. many names, is it seems in some way evolving to this is the way I understand it and evolving through us. So it wants to grow too. And we're part of that exploration of the, the greater uh, consciousness, awareness. See, and I think this is very interesting because, you know, when we look at, um, you know, like you hear terms like global consciousness, you hear, you know, mm -hmm. uh, your, your higher self, you know, you're talking to your higher self, you're meditating and communicating with your higher self. And I, I think where my head gets tied up, you know, is through all this languaging. And I think it's important for us just to share some of these things, because mm -hmm. even just the concept of prayer mm -hmm. versus meditation, you know, there's overlap you know, is, is prayer talking, is, is meditation listening? And then, you know, with our higher consciousness, my biggest question is why do most of us awaken so brutally? You know, we get awakened from car accidents, from near-death experiences. Where is the kind, gentle awakening? Like, Okay, yeah, that, that's where we go back to the book, The Loving Power of Your Soul. Uh, which seemed to be, we came across, we evolved that that uh, title from different titles because it mm -hmm. seemed to encapsulate what we're talking about here and answering your question. Um, so we, give, give me the question one more time because I just. Uh, Why does awakening have to be so traumatic, dramatic, and painful? Got it. Okay. So most people think that that's all what you have to do to awaken. Generally, people think, yeah, I can connect with my soul in these tragic, dramatic, cataclysmic moments. Yes, that's true. We also connect to our soul in the beautiful moments, the sunset and sunrises and exquisite beauty. Yes. And that's somewhat recognized. The whole point of what we're doing in our mission here at Awakenings Institute is to realize it's a moment-to-moment -moment affair. Hmm. So right now, we can be awakened to our soul or we can be awake and, and we're actually less likely to have to have tragic things happen if we are more awake and alert, just even practically <laughs> speaking. So if we're living our life more intentionally, we can do wonderful, beautiful things. If we're, if we're forcing ourselves to do things that we hate, it's, it's more possible that uh, unfortunate things will befall us because we're, we're not where we want to be. We're resisting. Uh, we're fighting, you know, we're not paying attention, we're not enjoying things. So the idea is moment to moment, you can wake up, you don't have to wait for the tragedy. Right, or the cosmic gobsmack, you or, know, or, yeah. you know. <laughs> or, or you can, you can avoid the tragedy, as I said, by being more present and loving in that space. So, and that's one thing that, you know, I really hope for mainstream medical, you know, I, I just finished 14 months of cancer treatments. And I spent a lot of work on myself trying to stay in a high vibration, thanking the universe for my perfect health, thanking, you know, God for my body, you know, and it was one of those things that I thought my, my birth of my first child where I, where I hemorrhaged and, and had an NDE, I thought, oh, okay, I'm awoken now. Then I went through a divorce. Okay. Now I'm waking up again. Then I right. go through cancer. It's like a different level of awakening. But what I realized, like you said, is a day to day, has now become a day-to-day -day practice of connection, a day-to-day -day practice of 
gratitude and peace and joy and kindness. You know, I bought this thing uh, for my wall. I'm a single mom with two kids and I care for my 88 year old. Happy birthday yesterday, dad, 88. Wow. And, <laughs> yep. In my household. So it's, we do have a lot of conversations in my household about, you know, when your household runs eight to 80, there's a lot of discussion. <laughs> That's a big range. It's a big range. And I brought, um, just because I, I thought it was beautiful, this big metal thing that had the fruits of the spirit on it. And as I study, you know, I've, I've studied the Torah, I've studied the Kabbalah, I've studied the Bible, and you start to see these trends, these through lines, these, you know, the languaging is different, but the energy, the right. intention is the same. And I think that's something that was really at each traumatic level of awakening and i'm hoping i will have a gentler one you know coming number four but there is a pervasive through line through all the major religions and also through what we see as this new age um you know kind of like this new age thinking i can go back and find some places in the torah or the bible um and and say hey this has been around for a long time this isn't new to the universe this is just new to you and me right <laughs> maybe we're just discovering it well that, well congratulations uh have you have you gotten to the other side of your of your cancer experience i think or? so well congratulations what what do you attribute that to i really attribute it through now i did have a wonderful oncologist who did not believe anything i told him i was doing but right. i attributed it to a change in my overall human energy prior to getting sick i was angry every day i was stressed i was mm -hmm. worried about money i was worried about my kids i was juggling you know elder care and child care issues and trying to run my company and and mm -hmm. keep us all afloat stress 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 mm -hmm. then as i when i got diagnosed i had a what i call a come to jesus which is you need to change everything about yourself everything from clean hydration to what i put into my body what i put into my mind spirit heart and my heart openness i needed to realize i am not an inexhaustible resource for everyone i'm also not a garbage can for people's dumping grounds of their negative energies so right. i really had to do a whole overhaul in how mm -hmm. i showed up every day and what energy i embraced i no longer embraced the stress energy in fact if it's stressful and it's negative and uncomfortable i have to of course deal with things because i i'm a human being sure. but i don't have to bring that into my spirit and i'm much cleaner right so and i think most of us sandra have different challenging experiences that happen to us that do wake us up you know and it's interesting that you have to go through some of the uh, challenges, but we all have to because it, it's just part of being in the world of duality here on Earth. You know, if you're a light worker, you're bringing darkness, you're bring, you're clearing out the darkness. There is yeah. darkness here, shall we say? You know, and that's part of the mission. Um, and for my wife, uh, years ago, when she was an architect, she was burning out. She got uh, chronic fatigue. This is sort of a variation on a story. She felt like her soul was dying. Yes. Uh, and uh, she got, eventually was too sick to go to work. She was just so stressed out and burnt out. And for me, it was a little more of in that regard, gentler. I was an educator, school teacher, but it just started lacking inspiration. It was like going through the motions after mm -hmm. a while. Uh, even though I found it valuable and useful, but it just wasn't inspiring anymore and felt like I was kind of slowly losing my fire. Uh, 
and then there are you know other experiences of just be having certain kind of humiliations or waking up of mm -hmm. seeing sort of my false self or parts yeah. that weren't really what I wanted to be you know I, I don't want to be that way I want to learn from that I want to find mm -hmm. a different way of being and all of that leads to being a, a living a more soulful purposeful yes. life so it actually although difficult is useful and valuable as we know yeah, because it's got to slow you down. I know I needed, I was going 100 miles an hour and the universe right. said, stop, like stop, <laughs> stop or that. you'll die. Like stop or this meat suit that you've been carrying around, you know, for 40 years is going to be done and you're going to be checking out. And so, right. you know, when I had that, you know, the oncologist says, you know, you might want to do your will. You know, there's lots of side effects. You know, that was a sobering thought going. I have, sure. you know, two children that depend on me. I have a father that depends on me. Right. And when I sat down and thought about what I was reading, watching, eating, consuming, breathing, right. like the whole thing and how just basic, simple things like a straight eight. Do you get at least seven or eight hours of sleep? Right. You know, I was treating my car better than I treated my body. And this is not just the physical body. I'm talking about the spiritual body, too. Where right. was the meditation? Where was the nurturing of your like when you do what you're supposed to do or you're at least on the right track? It fuels that spirit. That energy comes through you. And I think a lot of us mistook that for accomplishment. You know, I'd get a big bonus at work, I'd get a car and there was like this light up, but it, right. it, it always dimmed down. And when you're doing your soul's work, you get that same like euphoria, but it doesn't dim down. Right. And a lot of people come to us here at Awakenings Institute for our training programs or just read our books or whatever, um, because they, they, they've come to sort of that crossroad. Mm -hmm. They've hit, maybe hit a wall, you know, things are not satisfying anymore they can't keep doing what they've been doing and that's actually part of the spiritual stages sandra of awakening that we map out in different places where at a certain point um you're no longer remember as the road narrows the path narrows you're no longer kind of playing around with it and, and at first that's part of it just stepping out of just sure sheer conformity and mainstream and you play around and you do different things and at a certain point you get very serious and you start to realize i have some real hurts inside of me some things yeah. I need to address and I've been kind of putting them under the rug and I can't go on just pretending they're not here and they may as you said your suffer your health and other things may suffer and that's that deepening that uh, dark night of the soul that you go mm -hmm. through to get to the other yeah. side where you find your voice and your heart opens up more and you're able to help more people and with our soul hurts like or you know like and this is a question that I have you know when I think about um, I've done past life regressions. They're really fun and I enjoy them. And I learned a lot about <laughs> right. myself. Um, I did some with a guy in Australia um, and we talked with him on the air from the past life Institute in Australia. Uh -huh. And, you know, you poke around with these things and I look back to some of my journal writings that I'm like, wow. So I guess I really did know this 10 years ago, wasn't paying attention, didn't listen. Do we take our our hurts with us in our soul like what does our soul hold as we go place to place because if we come here we come in as a soul to inhabit a body to have the human experience to grow and i realize i'm asking you questions that you know were great philosophers have philosophized but i want to hear <laughs> what you have to say 
um, do we, what do we take with us in our soul? Because when I had my NDE, I was still me, but I was not me. And I was this loving, beautiful me, but I was kind of still me. Right, right. So th that soul trans transmigrates from lifetime to lifetime. The way I understand it, Sandra, is, is say uh, you are a soul and you want to learn and grow, right? So then one way to do that is incarnate onto earth, which is pretty challenging. That's a good way to test yourself, right? So you, you, you specifically want to learn things, your life planet sometimes called. Yeah. And so you give yourself an assignment that I'm going to learn A, B, and C, which you may or may not do, depending on your choices and what we're talking about, the loving power of your soul, if you're connecting and learning and growing or ignoring or, and there's no, it's not really a punishment pass or fail. It's just mm -hmm. kind of an assignment, see how you do exploration, adventure, and what you learn, then you've learned and you've mastered it. You know, you have that. That's why if you had a spirit guide, a spiritual guide or spiritual master, or even a master, you might say on this plane, they've mastered something. Yes. So they don't, if you've learned how to master, say, uh, uh, loving relationships, that's something you just know how to do. You know, mm -hmm. it's like a strength. I know how to do that. I, there's certain things like with healing, which I came in with because I can just help people heal and go into deep energetic places. And I didn't learn that. I just somehow probably learned that in other lifetimes and I can easily take people to a deep place and see where they are and help them heal and find their soul's light. It just, and then we, then we, then we can teach that and teach these techniques and books and these trainings because we've kind of learned that and keep developing it. So I don't know if that answers you know, your question. Yeah, no, it does. It's interesting. You know, <laughs> like when I, when I did my past life regression, what came up and I went, I, I've done it with a couple different people. I did one in Toronto. I did one in yes. Dallas, Texas, you know, different things. And, and, but, similar themes came up like in all of right. them i was a scholar i was a reader right. i was a rabbi i was kabbalah you know it was interesting to look at these things going wow i always had an interest in this and when i put my radio shows together my first one was to support the military family military mom talk radio then it went on an offshoot for motherhood an offshoot of coaching for moms who work from home and then when my mom passed away and i had my child and i had my nde you know during childbirth and i saw like this glimpse of wow there's so much more out here it wasn't like when i used to scuba dive and it was this whole new world it was like scuba diving and putting on that mask and seeing this world that i always knew was there but i didn't consciously know it was there so it wasn't frightening it was more like okay now i remember now i get this and that's why i think so much of the term awakening is worth having a discussion over because not only do you call yourself the awakenings institute but awakening presupposes that we knew about this life prior and so we're mm -hmm. coming back to it. We're waking up, but we're we're still ourselves and we're waking up to what's around us. And what's around us is so much more than just what we see beyond our fingertips. Right. And then past lives, which some people, um, that's pretty challenging for them. And you can look at it metaphorically too. There's mm -hmm. different ways. But the fact that people do that, and if you've had the experience yourself, like we have, it's very real and tangible. Yes. And and this was one of the the clinched me, what convincer for me was, it, this is so specific to my situation, and afterwards the uh, impact is so strong. It seems like 
pretty hard to believe it would just be a random throwing something at the wall. Yeah. Uh, if it's genuine, I, I like I went through a past life cured myself of uh, vertigo and seasickness just by doing a past life thing. Mm -hmm. And that really was eye opening. Um, one thing about past lives, usually it's done as a healing and yes. we teach and train that where there's some deficiency. And generally an interesting statistic, uh, Sandra, is people who've done many, many past lives um, find that about 10% of the of the people needed them. I mean, unless you're actually seeking them out. In other words, if I were to help you and we did a regression, uh, one out of 10 times it would take you to a past life just statistically. So it's not common. It, it's only if you need to go back there, you go right. there. And that it's important for your your yeah. growth and your and it is really wild, you know, when you like mine were recorded and my kids were so funny because they're big history majors. They're like all the history. <laughs> and right. so we went back and I, I was talking to Peter in Australia and he I said, oh, no. And he says, what's the matter? And I said, I was a 16 year old boy and I had a book in my my knapsack that I wasn't supposed to have. He asked me what year it was. It was like, I don't know, 1056, let's say. And then as we, we talked, eventually they cut my head off and put it on a pike and paraded it around. And I was describing all the things I was seeing. And when my kids and I listened to it after, we actually got on the internet. We looked at, you know, what was happening in like 1056, 1055. What was the way to treat a heretic? What was the one when you were reading things you weren't supposed to read or talking about things? They cut your head off, they put it on a stick and marched it around the square. So maybe that was some weird random thing i learned in elementary school i don't think so because i was never into history <laughs> right but the rich detail that i was able right. to provide was the thing that blew my kids socks off they're like mom how did you know that i did a regression to like 18th century france where i was a cook and somebody slit my throat i guess i had a problem with keeping my head on in those days but I was able to describe uh, the French kitchen and what it looked like in the dirt and the earthenware. And then, of course, we went onto the Internet. We started looking stuff up of that time period. There's no way you could have that much detail. So that right. was a lot of of kind of I had a lot of confidence in the readings with these people because of the I was able to human fact check some of this stuff. Yeah, it does give credibility to it. And, and that makes you be able to use it more since you're not resistant. That makes sense. And a couple things from that, uh, two things I wanted to point out. Um, one thing that we do in our trainings, which um, I don't know if you've been uh, exposed to is that you can use past lives for positive purposes. What we do is we, we take people back uh, for resources. So you find a past life where you we talked about skills and things and maybe something that's even lightened in you now that you had as a skill in your past life that you can draw Indeed. on from this life. So that's a really fun thing to do that we do in our, our live trainings, our coach healing trainings. Um, that's one. And I have another thing that um, you brought up. You said one of the, the, the past lives was uh, being, being killed for being a heretic. It was, a, mm -hmm. did I hear you right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, this is something that people may or may not be aware of who are listening. How many, I guess they estimate millions of people were uh, killed as witches, mm -hmm. just in, and that's just in the, that time for witches. If you kind of spread out history, how many people have been killed for being a heretic? And of course, with the witches, it was often women. So what I'm getting to is that 
plays into um, into a lot of people's reactions and fears yes. of being alternative, being into energy healing, being into, mm -hmm. you know, uh, different from the mainstream, because you may be persecuted as people still are around the world. And as sure. maybe you were in a past life, my wife and partner Jane, she did a past life where she just saw herself burning at the stake. And she was literally screaming and yelling when she was going through this experience, like it was real for a moment. Yes. Yeah. So how many people have had that experience in history and have an impression? So the idea is to be aware of it and just to put it in context, you know, because if you're in a place where they're going to persecute you, if you're in China, you may not want to be, you know, yelling against the, the government right. <laughs> and up in jail. You may want to be more subtle than that. So, but you don't want to be in fear either and living your life in this unconscious fear. And that's part of that awakening process, those stages uh, I was referring to earlier. Mm hmm well, and that, you know, that so supports, you know, my experience with these, with these regressions in, in so far as, you know, understanding, you know, where certain things come from, you know, the, the Iranian guy that I had do my past life regression, mm -hmm. where I went to France, he's, he's, and I have recordings of all these, he's talked about me cooking chickens, chickens were my favorite thing to cook. And it was in France. And I walked into my kitchen, you know, mm -hmm. a, a week later, you know, after I flew back home, and I'm like, Oh, my gosh, I've got French art with chickens like you know right. which came first literally the chicken or the egg <laughs> right. but also when i was putting together my multimedia company and having a voice you know i had all this trepidation and we were able to remove that when we went back and learned about you know the heretic heretic you know you you know i had all these i can still hear it in my head from the regression and some of the nervousness i had around putting together some of these more avant-garde you know i've had a rabbi on i've had a shaman on i've had a priest on a pastor i've had a spiritualist you name it you know phd alphabet soups under the sun over the past 16 years but always with that little bit of, uh-oh, like, what if people find out what I really think? Uh-oh. Right. And, you know, to know that that's where that came from and that, thankfully, you know, I live and work in a country where they're not going to cut my head off because of my radio show. But there are places in the world that that could be. So it does help you get a different understanding of yourself and your soul history. Exactly. And so that uh-oh voice, which we can all probably relate to as a good way of saying it. Um, the idea with the uh-oh part um, is to one, acknowledge it and, and nurture it and realize that, you know, now, you know, I'm not in uh, the, the heretic time in France or whenever we're, I'm not back there, even though that part is sort of arrested mm -hmm. uh, there and say, I'm going to be conscious. I'm going to deal with this this time. So I don't have to be in, uh Oh, you know, for the rest of my life, you know, looking around my shoulder and yet being sensible and smart and pragmatic too. Yes. Yes. Well, and I think, you know, this is where, you know, I want to talk a little bit about kind of not just energy healing, but, but and I don't know if the right word is like soul healing, like in my past life regressions, what came up to me is I had relationships with men who mostly killed me. They either cut my head off. Like that's what I said, I, I lost my head in a lot of lives, but, um, and what's funny is I did have thyroid cancer and I do have a scar that runs like the whole length of my neck. And in sixth grade, I told kids I had a head transplant, you know, to cover for my surgery. Um, but, when we recognize like to me i left an abusive marriage 
And I was trying to make sense of it, Philip, of going, why did I choose this? You know, I'm smart, I'm educated, I'm successful. These things shouldn't happen to me is like the, the tapes running in my head. But then there was another narrative kind of running in the back that goes, this is unfinished business. You didn't stand up for yourself in these lives. And it was always kind of jumbled and floating around in there. And then when I did these regressions and they're like, look, you need to take care of yourself. You need to put yourself first. You matter. Your safety matters. Like this whole thing that was kind of cloaked around domestic violence. And when I when I did leave that husband, obviously, before he killed me, so I'm still alive in this life. Um, to me, that was unfinished business. And that's why I had that experience in this life, because it really didn't fit anywhere. And the other thing that came up in my past life regressions was that the cancer wasn't for me. I was carrying it for somebody else. And those were really big aha moments for me going, hmm. So that's starting to at least in a gentle way looking at like how does not only energy healing but choices we make how does that relate to our soul and our soul's purpose and our soul's journey well i, I think you partly answered it uh, in your story there that uh, we're presented with things we want to learn and we have a, a chance to make uh, choices positive or negative or free will and if we make a more positive choices, uh, we're going to have more positive results. And if not, you know, we'll keep on kind of learning and growing and trying it again <laughs> until we until we get the lesson, until we figure it out. So do we so we come in with kind of like my understanding is this kind of life plan and we're coming to life school and these are the courses we need to learn. Maybe we need to learn domestic violence or maybe we need to not the violence, but, you know, to to care for yourself, take care of yourself. And, you know, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, like the flip side of the negatives. And so when we learn them that we when we learn what we came to come here for, we don't just fall over dead after because we're done. Right. <laughs> No, 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 I learned it all. I'm just, but, you know, some people do have, you know, at a certain point, I've completed my mission, you know, and they feel rather complete, but it may be, you know, for most people, probably an older age, you know, that they've, they've done what they want to do. And that's the idea of, you know, of dying without regrets. I mean, that's a good way to live your life. You know, mm -hmm. is there anything, if, if you knew right now that you only had, you know, a week, a month, a year to live, you know, is there something, do you feel pretty peaceful? Uh, do you feel like there's unfinished business uh, or do you feel like you've, you know, you've done what you could and, and you feel good? Yeah. And if you don't, then, you know, then it's good to address that. You know, that's the idea. Like when people are about to die, if there's any unfinished business, my thought is why, why wait until that point? Why not right. keep kind of monitoring and maintaining yourself throughout life, kind of doing the life review before the life review uh, while you're living, you know, so you're, you're current and updated. Yeah, that's like my airport test. Like I have this thing where, you know, and I've taught it for years and I've, I live by it. I want to be able to go to an airport anywhere in the world and not be afraid to run into someone. So, <laughs> okay, you know, that's the airport <laughs> right. test. Can I go to the airport? And if there's anybody on the planet, you know, every single living being that's on the planet, could I run into any of them and be okay? Obviously not Hitler, you know, things like that. But, but but be able to be okay enough have i made peace with you right, know right. do i not have enemies and if i have enemies have i done everything on my end because we can't control other people we can only control ourselves you know have i made it right on my end like that's the thing about going to the airport 
I like that analogy. That's a good way of, of putting it. Yeah. So, I mean, you, it's not that the idea is to like everyone because some people are not at all likable or that doesn't make sense. But when you love people, it's sort of at that deeper, more soulful level that they're a spiritual being, you know, the way they're incarnating may be very destructive and repulsive and not anything you certainly like or approve of. Uh, but you find, as you said, a way of, of being at peace with it. Right. So when people are, you know how there's some people on this planet, like, and I say there is darkness here and there is, mm -hmm. there are people that really do, you know, either enjoy hurting someone or, you know, get a thrill out of hurting someone. Mm -hmm. Are they damaged souls or are they young souls? Did they sign on to be a jerk in this life? Like, how do we explain some people who are just awful? Right. Yeah. I, I, I can't say I have all the answers, but I think some of it may be a younger soul who's learning. And it seems hard, you know, on this plane to understand how people can be so destructive and so violent toward other people. Um, but we know that that's part of the, the, the duality and the darkness that's yeah. here on earth that we're here to transmute. And it, I guess from one one angle, it gives us something like your, your cancer story, something to uh, transform from, you know. Yeah, like a springboard, like, and I want to talk about this holistic model of intelligence, because, you know, you mentioned all different kinds of intelligence, you know, we have social intelligence, emotional, we have financial intelligence, there's intellectual, mm -hmm. there's spiritual intelligence, but I haven't heard the term before you know talking to you and reading your stuff is about this holistic model of intelligence like i love that because it it sounds like it's just really good <laughs> right so that's that idea that functions are not consciousness so when your soul uses all the abilities that you have or can develop in your interests and that's where your purpose comes from you you use that as kind of the raw materials and so you may be good you know you you're you're very good at emotional intelligence. You're very good at socializing and connecting with people what you do. And you've, you've embodied that and used that in your vocation, which is great. And it really shows and it helps a lot of people. So you're actually with the, using the wind behind you. And that's part of your intelligence. Whereas, you know, you, you may not be an athlete. So that wouldn't be make a lot of sense to try to be an athlete if you don't like it, you know, to do, you might learn certain things just to be functional and useful. So you kind of look at what you have and the cards you've been dealt and, and uh, some of that's genetic and some of that carries through from the lifetimes um, and use them to the best of your abilities. So here's what I have. Uh, and from that, that's where you can develop your purpose, your life purpose, your mission. Well, and this is, you know, the languaging is, is different, but this isn't anything new. And this is one of the things that I like to talk about on my radio shows is, you know, they might be a different languaging, like your soul's purpose. Yeah, and you can go and look at like, you know, contemporary Christian psychology, and they talk about what's written on your heart. You know, like, uh -huh. right. that's the same thing. You know, it's like, it's like, what is what is at the core of your being? You know, the heart is the core. What right. is it that you're supposed to do? What is it that lights you up? What is it that brings you joy and brings other joy? Um, right, right. That's why I like to demystify things on this show to make it less scary, make it less woo-woo, make it less, you know, somehow it's way out there when I can whip open the Bible and show you 50 different passages that talk about purpose. You know, right. 
it's just one of those things. And I do, you know, I love learning and I love being a scholar and I love all these, you know, different um, holy books, if you will. And I think it's like the fiery tongues of Pentecost and how we have all these languages being spoken, but we all understand. If we look at the core principles, we're down into, you know what, we are all one, you know, and, and goodness, joy, kindness, gratitude, patience, all these beautiful things, they are the human condition. And they're also the soul's condition, because don't you think the soul is kind? Yes, I think that's a, that's an aspect, uh, an attribute of it, kindness, uh, compassion, tenderness, all of those things are very nurturing in the, the soul. Sometimes it's, it, people sort of attribute a sort of a feminine energy, but it's not, it's not certainly like male, female, uh, but it's, it, it's a very receptive, supportive, uh, kind of quiet, non-judgmental presence that's always there, will always judge you. And sometimes the message people get, uh, Sandra, when they do like a soul centering with them is just simply relax. Yeah. Or one or two words, just some real simple advice like that. Well, and what I love about like when you do soul work and your kind of spiritual development is you get this like beautiful flow and joy, you know, and it's kind of funny because my dad used to read us this book, Ferdinand the Bull, who liked to live under the tree and smell the daisies, even though he was this big, strong bull and he was supposed to be out like, you know, and the book goes back to like 1935. My dad's it was my first my dad's first children's book. But yet I look at that and I think when Ferdinand is sitting there smelling the daisies, you know, is he not working? No, he's rested after a hard day. Is he showing off to all the other bulls? No, he's just in a state of grace. He's in a state of being. And that's the one thing, like why I think people should study this stuff, why they should take courses. I'm, I'm going to, you know, shamelessly say, go to gettingthrough.org and poke around and, and see what works for you, see what calls to you. Because mm -hmm. when you get to that place of flow, of grace, of smelling the daisies, whatever it is, is it's beautiful it's as close probably to heaven on earth as as i could put anywhere right yeah it's very wonderful when you're following your heart if that's where it's being drawn to if you're in this holistic model of intelligence and following your soul and opening your mm -hmm. heart it's very beautiful how do you know if your heart's open you know that was a question i remember mm -hmm. my first powered up show we were talking about like oh you have to have an open heart an open heart an open heart and i'm thinking mm -hmm. do i actually meditate like my heart opens like you know it, it was really hard for me to understand what an open heart is well this might be a simple determination and i think it's a good question by the way um things that we like we tend to lean into we tend mm -hmm. to go forward to and things that repel us we tend to go back like look at an animal or dog you'll sort of see that mm -hmm. now with that in mind uh, an aside or a caveat is things could be unhealthy that we're addicted to and we know that we know that it's not healthy that it's sure. it's 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 sort of uh, pulling us in without our awareness without our conscious intent but given that if, if something is bring opening you up expansive uh a wide lens a big picture and embracing that's an open heart 
Gotcha. I love that. I love that. Because, you know, we hear all these things about the heart, you know, there's heart math, and then there's, mm -hmm. you know, the open heart. And my kids are really funny when they were little, and we would go home back east to my family, and we would go to church, the kids were so worried that if they called Jesus into their heart, their heart would beat and kill them, like, you know, but we have this, like, you know, idea of the heart, you know, and as we come on to Valentine's Day, you know, once a year, we have the celebration of love and the heart where does love fit in relationship to the soul well you could say love is what the soul is all about about emanating and developing love that unconditional awareness and sacredness to life and inclusiveness of life loving love is that love which changes when the conditions change shakespeare i don't quite have the mm. the words Love is not love that changes when it when something else changes. In other words, it's it's faithful. It's constant. Mm -hmm. It's constant. So you may say something that's hurtful to me, but I can still love you even though you said something hurtful or vice versa. Someone can say something that you don't like, but you can still love them nonetheless. It doesn't mean now I hate them because that's not love. That's a different level of reactivity and, and emotional uh, subjectivity. That's not the unconditional love. And so the, the soul is all about love. It's about embracing. It's about oneness. And within the love is the learning and the growth and the evolution too. Great, great. And, you know, we can also love someone from afar. You know, I learned this from, you know, when you are, when you love or you are in love or whatever you want to call the words, if you love someone that is particularly hurtful, it is entirely okay to love them from afar because love is that action. Love is that, you know, that feeling. Love is that gift. Um, why is it so hard to turn that love to ourselves? Like, you know, when we look mm -hmm. at spiritual development, mm -hmm. part of spiritual development is, is honoring the body, is loving. Why is it so hard for us to turn that love mm -hmm. lens that we give so freely to others on ourselves? Right. Right. Yeah. So there, there, there's, uh, there's parts of us which are very stubborn and very deep and very uh, uh, influential, often unconsciously, which uh, react, which uh, are very negative, and, and they can be covered up by kind of a critic part of us. So on the outside, we're criticizing ourselves for saying and doing dumb things, and the reason why we're so critical is the part that's hurt. You know, is very hurt. And when you get down to the core of these hurt parts of yourself and start to love them, then you can care for yourself. So simply said, okay, I, I just messed up with money again. You see, I'm, I'm really bad with money, you know, and so now you're beating yourself up about money again. Why are you, there's a part that thinks you're a failure. You're never going to succeed. You're going to be broke and die in, in a ditch, you know? So you go back to that part. Maybe it's about six years old. Maybe it's from lifetimes of being arrested and, rigidified and you start to nurture and love that part you know and similar with relationship no one loves me you know that i you know i can't find anyone i'm rejected i'm abandoned i'm same thing same story so you go back and it it, it takes some conscious effort it's completely against mainstream in the cnn which i call the average reality of the way sure. people function the cnn reality it's so it's not something you're going to turn on the news and, and be aware of it's still pretty hidden and it takes us, first of all, just to be aware of what I said, which takes some knowledge and investigating and then actually doing the work. And you may need help with this. 
uh, because it's pretty deep work. And, and, I, and even people like myself, I need help with either my wife, who's my partner, or someone else, because it's very deep and kind of tender and reactive and maybe trauma-laced as well. So you may need help dealing with some of that in many cases. Oh, I think so. Absolutely. Like none of this, I think none of this work can be done entirely on your own, you know, whether you, you know, watch or read or listen. And, you know, it's funny when you talk about like, this is not CNN. And um, sometimes <laughs> I talk to my advertisers and they're like, well, who are these 135,000 downloads? Who are they? And I'm like, on this show, they're mostly hidden. You know, they're, you know, they, my show gets listened to late at night. It's quiet. Nobody's playing it in the middle of a coffee shop going, hey, let's all awaken together. Like, right. you know, that's just Let's all find our wounded parts together. Yes, exactly. No, No one's doing it. No one's doing it. But yet there's this entire movement, this whole underground. And, you know, I want to thank you so much for being my guest today for the the website you produced, which is getting through. That's T-H-R-U dot org, getting through on the Awakenings Institute. You guys are going to want to check this out because there's so many things. There's articles to read. There's educational programs to look at. There's private sessions. You can join the circle of love and light. want to know what that is before we wrap up yeah the circle of love and light is a facebook live show we, you should come on at one of these days too by the way remind me about that that you'd be a good guest so uh, it's on sundays now live on facebook it's 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 a facebook page called awakening circle of love and light awakening so you go there and we do live shows and we do interviews and subjects dealing with love and light basically and interview people or sometimes do that ourselves and so forth See, I love that because whenever anybody's sick, you know, and I do this all the time, if they're on Facebook and they're saying they're not well or they've got a diagnosis and I'm like, I always send them love and light because at its most simple, that's what I can give to you. That's what I can humbly send your way is love and light. And in fact, can I give a free gift to the listeners? I have a little tiny URL from our website because there's so much there that people can explore it. But here's a little gift to kind of get people going. It's a tiny URL. It's an abbreviated one, so it's easy to remember. Tinyurl.com slash spiritual debt dash kit. Tinyurl.com slash spiritual dash kit. And that's a an abbreviated website. And there's a kid, there's some information as a chapter from our new book, some resources, some videos, some trainings there. So that's a little free kit I think people might enjoy. Great. Uh, great. Absolutely. So go to tinyearl.com slash spiritual dash kit. That's spiritual dash kit. I will also put it down in the show notes. So Thanks. we are at the top of the hour. I want to thank you for being my guest today. I hope it's one of many. And I can't wait to see your newest book coming out is the True Potential one, right? Well, the new book that just came out is The Loving Power of Your Soul, and the subtitle is A Guidebook for uh, Realizing Your True Potential. That's the one that just came out. Terrific. Terrific. All right. So we will be back again next week with another great episode. Check out gettingthrough.org. Go to tinyearl.com slash spiritual kit. Get your freebie there. See what it's all about. You'll be glad you did. We'll be back again next week. Thank you for listening. On behalf of Sandra Beck, we want you to get out there today to make more money with less time and effort so you can live the life you want. Tune in next week for more tips, tricks, and techniques on Coach Talk Radio.